The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Good morning, this is Leanne Meyer, and um, this is the ninth episode of Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing, and I have to say, I'm really enjoying doing these shows, and I'm hoping that I can continue to do them in the future. I guess that will depend on whether or not all of you continue to enjoy listening. Thank you for all of the listeners that I have had, for your emails, for your words of encouragement. I truly appreciate it all. Thank you. This show is called uh, Who Am I and Why Do I Need to Know? And I want it to become, uh, this particular one, I want it to be the start of an ongoing periodic look at how understanding ourselves more can make us better nurses. I had the fortune to work for a healthcare organization and had senior leaders during a time of openness and support for personal and team growth. I even had delightful opportunities to teach the subject to many people and teams within the organization over a long period of time. It was astounding to watch light bulbs go off over the heads of people as they realized that how they saw the world created the reality of how their world materialized in front of them. I remember one small group who worked together every other weekend on a behavioral health unit for years. It was two RNs and two nursing assistants. Apparently these four had never really liked each other, but at some point had um, Uh, advanced into louder and louder arguments on the unit within hearing distance of patients, families, and other employees. The frustrated manager had tried almost everything and had reached the point of realizing that someone was going to have to be fired. He talked to me one day and asked if in my capacity as an educator and a sometime mediator for the company, if this was something I could help him to turn around. So we got together and we did a four-hour personality assessment session together with the four employees and the manager and myself. They all started out pretty nervous because they knew this was um, pretty important and it could have some um, profound uh, effects for all of them. So... um, What was fun was by the end of the session, they were laughing and uh, being amazed at how their opposites were not sick, bad, crazy, or stupid, as they may have wondered along the time that they knew each other. But simply, these other people saw the world differently than they did and acted and reacted differently because of it. 
Months later, I ran into that same manager again and asked how the group was doing. He had a huge smile on his face, and he said, this is my best group of employees. So he was pretty pleased. Today, I want to spend a bit of time on personality assessments in general and Myers-Briggs more specifically. This is really a fun topic. Um, Actually, taking the assessment and getting personal feedback is an easy way of starting to understand and appreciate yourself and others. Ironically, this all leads to understanding um, others more. Uh, It can lead to some personal wisdom about how to interact with others in a positive and respectful way. Is this a new concept? Actually, no, it's been around forever. You might recognize this quote, watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Now, there was a time when I thought I had come up with this, and in actual fact, I'd come pretty close to it, but not quite exactly. And just recently, I found out that the actual author of this quote is Lao Tzu. He was a Chinese man who lived in about 600 BC. So needless to say, this has been around forever. Um, The funny thing is that each generation seems to have to learn it all over again. And so um, I'm hoping that um, we can talk about this and maybe start us on a, on a uh, move toward growth or a journey toward growth. So for a nurse, what could be better than to understand why a patient, family member, doctor, coworker, etc., might talk and interact with us in a way that is unfamiliar, uncomfortable, and conflict-laden? More important how to stop the negative flow of the interaction and move it toward a positive outcome. Often we realize that we are doing or saying something that is triggering the other person's reaction. That could be our words, um, but more often it's our nonverbals, those things that we're um, doing maybe unconsciously. So it may be how we're standing, how we're holding our arms, what kind of faces we might be making, all kinds of things that um, other people read. And in fact, when we think about conversation or we think about communication, uh, our words only account for about 7% of the message that people hear. And actually 93% of the message we send is our nonverbals. So those tend to be the ones we're not so aware of. And then we're surprised when people react to us in a way and we're thinking, what? You know, I said everything just perfect. I don't understand why they're giving me a negative reaction. So, um, uh, yeah, so I, as I was thinking about all of this and I was thinking about how personal this journey is for me, in my childhood, we had a family that discussed conflict-ridden topics in very loud voices. Um, I had no way of knowing at that time if that was normal or if it was just our family. As the youngest, it really made me feel insecure, nervous, and I was desperate to stop it. My teen years were during the Vietnam conflict, and anyone watching PBS this last week or so would have a pretty good idea of how volatile the environment was during that time period. I became uh, 
a teenager and I was thinking that I was seeing a lot of people around me being angry and seemingly um, uh, talking in very um, intelligent ways, I thought. So I thought it was cool to speak cynically, negatively, and basically complaining most of the time, even though that wasn't really my true nature, my true personality. However, as Lao Tzu's poem says, my life began to mirror my negative thoughts and actions. Um, And uh, in my 20s, someone called me a bitter young woman. I was incensed, and I let him know in loud, angry words, I was not bitter. That really showed him. So in my 30s, someone told me they had known me for four years and had never seen me smile. I thought that was ridiculous. So I went home, looked in the mirror, and tried to smile. What I noticed uh, is that uh, it was really hard. My muscles actually felt so unused to do that particular act that it almost hurt. So that was quite an eye-opener for me. By that time, I had started practicing Nichiren Buddhism and realized that I had to take responsibility for what my environment was showing me. New concept for me. <clears throat> I, I'm embarrassed to admit it now because it really sounds so stupid. But I really had convinced myself that I was the one who had it all together and everyone else around me were the ones who were really screwed up. So if once everyone else on the planet got in line with my thinking, my life was going to be great. And uh, nothing for me to do in the meantime. So I'm equally embarrassed to admit how long it took me to realize that that was going to be a very long time until I came to the top of their list of important things to do. So I started working on myself. Um, A while later, a supervisor asked me what was going on in my OB department. Uh, She said that until recently, no one wanted to work with me. Now, everyone was asking to work with me, and she couldn't figure out what the change was. And I didn't tell her either, but um, what I realized myself is that no one else had changed but me. Instead of ordering others to do things my way, after all, I was in charge, I'm the RN, it was my license, blah, blah, blah. We all have heard people, maybe even ourselves, saying that before. I began asking them how and why they were doing the same things differently. And what I realized is that there was nothing wrong with what they were doing. And in fact, in some ways, it was better than what I had been doing. And so I started asking them to teach me. And that was when their attitudes about me and about working with me started to change. So um, personality assessments uh, have been around for a long time, starting in the 1920s with a mother-daughter team Uh, utilizing the theory of Carl Jung from Austria. Their names were Catherine Briggs and Isabel Briggs Myers. Since then, we've had many takes on Jung's theories, along with lots of new concepts. So you may have heard of Kiersey Bates. They had a book out called Please Understand Me. Uh, About 20 years ago, something called Insights Discovery uh, started to be popular in the United States, and that was also um, a father and son combination that uh, started it in Scotland. They were Andy, A-N-D-I, and Andy, A-N-D-Y, Lothian, and uh, there are many more uh, that I'm not even going to name. 
So some of those assessments are expensive and taught only by trained experts, and some are pretty simple and free online. So it's a good place to kind of start and get an idea of what what might be, what might you find out about yourself with these. So last night I went online just to see how many different assessments I could see that were free, and I found one site <clears throat> that talked about 14 different free assessments. And the first one they mentioned was called 16 Personalities, which is one that I have actually used with students and various different people who couldn't afford to take the more expensive assessment. And so um, they took this one online and we were able to work with that. Another one was called the Persona Bubble, and it explores the inner character. Um, I'm kind of interested in taking that one and see what it says. Uh, Test color to find out how smart you, you you actually are. And then there was one called Pottermore Sorting Hat, which was created and approved by J.K. Rowlings. Yep, that same one that uh, wrote um, Harry Potter. And you guessed it, it's all about which Harry Potter character do you most closely resemble. And then there are many more. So for today's purposes, I want to use Myers-Briggs um, because that's what I'm trained in and what I know the best So Carl Jung was um, among the first people in uh, Europe, particularly Germany and Austria, in the late 19th century who were developing ideas about psychology, so sort of a new science. Um, And he built his theory around the concept that uh, about the different attributes and behaviors that normal people have. We're probably more familiar with uh, Freud, and he looked at uh, what was wrong with people or what were um, what were the um, abnormal things that people would do. So he had uh, three scales, which he called the extrovert-introvert scale, which was all about um, energy and how we use it and how we reinvigorate when we have lost it or we're not as energetic. Sensing intuition scale, which is all about how we take information in about our world, so basically our perception of the world. Thinking and feeling scale, which is the most misunderstood scale in this particular assessment, and that's about how we make decisions utilizing what we learned in the previous scale, so what we learned about what the world was like. Um, We make decisions based on that. Catherine and Isabella added a fourth scale that Jung had alluded to but hadn't included it in his scales, and that was called the judging perceiving scale, and it was about how we show ourselves to others. So if you think of these four scales like a playground with four teeter-totters on it, any child could choose either side of any of the four to sit on. They might try them all at some point, but then decide that they prefer one side of each teeter-totter over the other. And almost every time they might go to that playground and choose that same side on that same teeter-totter. So um, let's try a little experiment here. Pull out a piece of paper and a pen. Hopefully you've got one pretty close to you. And I want you to sign that piece of paper with your whole name, just like you would if you were signing a check or a document or something official. Um, Probably by the time I got that statement out, you probably have already completed your signature. And um, I'm, I'm curious, which hand did you use to do it? My bet is that every one of you chose to sign with your dominant hand. Why? 
because that's how we're hardwired from birth. We have an automatic connection to that hand that is um, that works the best for us and that we are most confident with. So now I want to have you take that same pen and put it in your non-dominant hand and sign again. Go ahead. I'll wait for you. How you doing? Still working on it? Okay. Anyone need more time? So what most people find is that they use their dominant hand to write almost unconsciously. It makes it takes them minimal time to do it, and once done, they can swear, yes, that's my signature, that stands for me. It probably took you twice as long or more than that to sign with the other hand. And um, how many people actually said something out there out loud, something like, this is impossible, I can't do it. This is because we have to slow down when we use the hand that we don't normally use for a certain um, activity. So we have to put our, our brain together with that kind of foreign hand and actually consciously think about how to make those letters and how to make that pen move. Uh, when we're done, uh, we probably don't recognize what was there. And we certainly wouldn't say, oh, yes, this is my you know, uh, formal signature. Um, the reason is that although we certainly can and you and do use our other hand for various different things, we rarely choose that hand because we're not practiced with it. So um, that's pretty much what each of those scales are about. It isn't that we can't do the opposite scale, but that we don't often choose to do it unless we're forced to use it. So we're going to stop here for a minute and go to a break and um, reminding you that you're listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. And today I'm talking about personality and how knowing ours or yours can improve your nursing skills. So please come back after the break and call me with your thoughts, experiences, anything else you'd like to say on this subject. The call-in number is 866-472-5792. We'll see you back soon. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. 
Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer, and yes, we are back again. This uh, Today, we're talking about who am I and why do I need to know that? So we're getting into um, personality assessments, what they can teach us about ourselves and how we can use that to become better uh, nurses. So, um, uh, yes, do uh, think about if you've got some um, thoughts, ideas, experiences that you'd like to share with us, do call us at 1-866-472-5792. So what we were just talking about is uh, the Myers-Briggs assessment, which is one that I teach a lot and feel pretty comfortable with. And we were just talking about how there were four opposite scales. Uh, extrovert introvert which is about energy and how we replace our energy Um, the sensing intuition scale which is all about how we perceive the world I think about that kind of like uh, if you're listening to a radio um, we know that there are radio waves uh, going around us all the time but unless we have a radio on and we're tuned to a certain channel we really aren't aware of those waves so I could turn on a channel and um, play it for you, and you might think, oh my gosh, what could you be thinking of? That's a horrible radio station. Or you might be thinking, yeah, I listen to that station too. I really like it. So it's basically whatever we're tuned into is what we perceive, and that has a lot to do with how we react in the world. So the next one is called the thinking-feeling scale, which is the most misunderstood of the scales. And the reason is because people who have a thinking preference, remember we talked about the teeter-totters and which side of the preference you actually choose. So if you have a thinking preference, people tend to get a little uptight and they say, well, I have feelings. Of course I have feelings. And people on the feeling side say, well, what do you mean? Are you saying that I'm not intelligent and that I don't think? And that's not at all what this scale is about. This scale is about how to come to judgment, how to make decisions. And those decisions we make are going to be directly related to how we perceive the world. So, um, yeah, so we'll go into that a little bit. So the last one is called the judging perceiving scale. And this one is about how we show ourselves to the world. Uh, Whether we're an extrovert or an introvert, there's some things we keep to ourselves and there's some things that we show the world that world can see very easily how we uh, deal with certain things or how we look at things. And so so that one, uh, with the four scales, it comes up to uh, 16 
uh, total personalities. If you multiply the four scales by four, you get 16, and that would be 16 different personality preferences that people could have. And um, they are quite different in, in many ways, and yet they have some similarities with each other also. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on those 16 because it's almost impossible to remember all of those. But if you do um, get to the point where you take an assessment, it is really fun and interesting to look at how other people look at the world, too. So instead, what I'd like to do is spend some time on the different uh, characteristics of the four scales I mentioned. And this is totally unscientific, but I was just thinking that to help you get some of the concepts, um, think in terms of yourself as you're hearing me talk about these, and then see if any of them sound familiar. So what I'd like you to do is to write down um, the opposites on a piece of paper, like write down extrovert, introvert, and then I'm going to, to tell you some of the characteristics of each of them. And if they sound familiar to you or something that you think you do, put a check mark on that side of um, your scale of extrovert and introvert. Uh, that way, when we're done, you may have um, an idea of, based on how many checks are on one side or the other. It'll give you an idea of, of what um, you prefer. So um, on the extrovert side, uh, in general, where uh, those who are extroverts are energized by the outside world. So think of from your skin out, out, out to the world, um, things around us, people, um, events, um, actions going on, uh, stories, or, or even something just a, 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 an, an interesting bird going by. These things we really focus on and they really interest us. Uh, we mean those who have an, if you can't tell, I have an extrovert <laughs> intuition, I'm an extrovert preference. So we maintain an active lifestyle. Um, other people see us as being very approachable, interesting. Um, we may have many different kinds of interests, but maybe not know a whole bunch about each one of them, enough to keep a conversation going on an elevator. Our philosophy is I will live it then I will understand it. So I will do it, and then it will make sense to me. Um, we love interactive learning, talking about things, hearing other people talk about them, using our hands to um, uh, learn about new things. We're seen by others as being pretty outgoing. Uh, some things that can sometimes uh, work against us, but we tend to think through our mouths which means as things are going through our head and we're trying to figure something out, why, why am I sad today? Or, um, you know, what is true for me about something? We tend to talk about it and we need to talk. Uh, we love it if there's somebody else we can talk to about it who will listen and not try to um, solve our problems for us. We tend to prefer verbal communication over written. Uh, we tend to use external sources to do a job. So rather than picking up a book and maybe uh, looking through it to reference and see what the answer is to a question we have on a job, we might just yell down the hall to you know somebody we know that we think would know this answer off the top of their head. Hey, can you tell me about so-and-so? Uh, sometimes we speak or act before we think. And then we have to th say, oops, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe I shouldn't have done that. 
We tend to lose energy when we're alone for too long. We like being around people and we gain energy from being around people. So um, some of the challenges, well, let's see, I'll go into the introversion side and, and show some of the opposites there. People with an introversion preference tend to be energized by their inner world. Um, they have a lot of thoughts going on and they're very, very busy. My ex-husband was an introvert and he had so many things going on in his mind that he sometimes would be irritated with me if I'd interrupt his uh, train of thought uh, with something I needed to ask or I wanted to say. Uh, these people tend to be um, very focused on their thoughts and on concepts. Uh, ideas. They're reflective. So before they would say anything about how they think about something, they would tend to reflect on it for a period of time, sometimes a very long period of time, depending on how important that is and how unsure they are about how they um, think about it. Uh, They have a depth of interest in a few subjects. So what they know, they know completely. They know everything about it. They're your go-to person on that particular subject. And they love talking to other people about that particular subject that they know very well. So sometimes people think that they don't talk very much, but if you get them on a subject they like, they can talk forever. Their philosophy, if they had one, would be they need to understand it before they can do it. So they take quite a bit of time learning about something or studying about something before they actually take um, action on it. Uh, Their interest is mostly in their internal conversation, and they tend to be inwardly directed. So other people might think that it's hard to get to know them, or um, sometimes if they're very focused on what they're thinking about, they might even have like a strong, um, uh, sour-looking face on, and many people will come and say, you know, what's wrong? Are you mad about something? Um, I have a friend that is also an introvert, and she says, if one more person asks me if I'm angry about something, I'm really going to be mad. So uh, they tend to know about what they think by reflecting, by studying, by um, just going internally to find out. They prefer written communications over verbal communications because it allows them to think about it, write it down, look it over, decide whether that's really what they want to say or what they're intending to say. So in the case of of doing like emails, they can think about it a little bit before they actually push send. They rarely share personal experiences with other people. Um, They feel maybe one or two people that they really share the most personal things that are going on for them. Uh, They use immediate resources to do their job. So they would pull down the book and go through the resources before they might ask somebody else. They have a tendency to think first and then act, which means sometimes the opportunity to act has already gone by by the time they are sure about what they want to do. They gain energy when they're alone for periods of time. Now, this doesn't mean that they can't be with other people. They can be um, uh, entertainers. They can be speakers. They can do all kinds of things. But that can drain them, and they need to um, be alone to gain that energy back. So see where you're... um, checks are on that side and we're going to talk about the next scale sensing and intuition so um, this scale is about how we see the world and what information makes sense to us so on the sensing side think about the five senses those um, you know taste touch uh, hearing smell and 
what am I missing <laughs> here, uh, seeing, I guess. All of those five senses are very important to them, and they will tend to focus on um, knowing specifics about them. They love facts, detail, data. They're great to be able to go back to and give you specific information about something that they know well. They're based in reality. They consider themselves rational thinkers. Um, their favorite word would be concrete because they like to start with what they already know. So if they're going to come up with a brand new idea, they want to start with what already works and what's worked in the past. But they want their solutions to work now. It's very important for them that um, whatever they come up with is something they can put into um, effect immediately. Um, they tend to communicate very spe- in very specific, very um detailed terms. So they may talk about, say, a car, um, talking about its make and model and color and year and all of the different things that um, are important to them to be able to talk about that car. They prefer to do practical work because they like to see an immediate result. And um, they tend to use what has worked and what they feel comfortable and uh, solid in. Um, They like to do work step by step, and so they're often the ones that make the procedures, policies and procedures, and uh, they like to follow them, and they like other people to follow them too. So when we come to the intuition, um, we're looking at um, people who have kind of a sixth sense, so it sort of goes along with what we think about intuition. Uh, They sort of have a sixth sense of... um, what might be out there, or what might be possible. Possible is probably a favorite word to use. What are the possibilities? They love meanings and associations, so they're not as much interested in um, having an outcome that can be used right away. They want uh, to understand like the theory, um, what something is about, or the idea of it, and they figure somebody else will figure out how to use it. Um, They tend toward fantasy thinking, so kind of thinking of things nobody else has thought about. They like to change as as frequently as possible um, because they always feel like uh, whatever is being done could be done better or quicker or um, in some other way, a a better way of doing it. Uh, They often will go on hunches or speculation to solve a problem. They don't always know where those ideas come from. They almost seem like they come out of thin air. Um, They like to communicate in abstract terms, and they think they're being very detailed and very specific, but they may talk about love or team or, you know, some of those concepts that you can't measure or you can't uh, touch them or feel them, and so it's very difficult for the sensing people to understand what they're saying. They prefer innovative rather or inventive work because they like to come up with new things, so love to reinvent the wheel. And they work through inspiration seemingly in an unorganized fashion, or at least that's how it looks to other people. So um, intuition and sensing, you can see, quite different. Hopefully you can see uh, something there that um, relates to you. Going to the thinking and feeling scale. Uh, This scale, again, we said was about making decisions based on the information we've already taken in. So this is very analytical, logical, objective. Uh, They tend to make impersonal, what they consider impersonal decisions. They're just looking at the facts. They want to be rational and, like I said, logical. And they expect everybody else to make decisions that same way. 
So uh, they use, uh, they uh, like to critique things because they uh, want to make sure that once they've made a decision, they don't have to be embarrassed by not having looked at all sides of the problem and uh, making the best decision. Uh, But once that decision is made, they're very reluctant to change. So um, they tend to view the decision as coming from outside of them or outside of their perspective. Um, They tend to tolerate conflict very well, and often they like to get a good debate going by kind of instigating conflict. So um, they tend to use very brief and concise speech. They're the people that like to have an agenda in a meeting, and they like to follow that agenda and keep everybody else on track with it, too. Uh, They have no problem giving negative feedback back to other people, but because they tend to be kind of brief and um, direct in how they speak, sometimes that can sound uh, very cutting to the person who's listening to it. Their favorite words are justice, right or wrong, fair, black and white. Uh, They see things very much from opposites. Uh, The feeling side, decisions are made from a subjective position. They consider other people's needs, um, especially people who are not in the room to make the decision themselves. They consider everything personal. So if this um, thinking preference person is saying something like anybody who uses an SUV is an idiot, they might take that personally and say, oh my gosh, I use an SUV. So they're able to easily appreciate and value other people. They like to talk to other people and tell them what they value about them. They're very sympathetic, humane, and comfortable with their emotions. Uh, they want to, uh, to reconsider a decision if it turns out that the circumstances change or um, that it, people are upset with them about making that decision. They consider heart values and, and convictions their convictions and other people's convictions in their decision-making, they must have harmony. So they sometimes will turn themselves inside out and upside down to try and make sure that everybody feels like they're getting uh, a good decision. They're very sociable, and they may take time talking to other people in the group to feel comfortable that they can trust those people. They have a very great hard time giving negative feedback, and they sandwich it between two positives. So you're a great person, your charting is lousy, but everybody really likes you. Um, Their favorite words are relationship, human need, fair. Um, They um, want to change the decision if uh, something uh, turns out to not go well with the decision. We're going to uh, stop here. It's kind of an inconvenient place to stop, but we'll come back and talk about the last scale, judging and perceiving. So um, thank you again for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, and we will be back in just a few minutes. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, welcome back, and thank you for returning. Um, We are talking today about who am I and why do I need to know that. So, basically, I'm talking mostly about um, uh, personality assessments and particularly the Myers-Briggs. So I've been going through the three scales of the four uh, and giving you some of the um, characteristics on either side. And we didn't finish judging and perceiving, so we'll talk about that here quickly. So judging and perceiving is all about how we show ourselves to other people. So if I ask somebody about you, they might tell me one of these characteristics as being um, how they know you or, or what they know about you. So on the judging side, and keep this in mind that judging was a word that um, Jung was using almost over 100 years ago. And um, by that, he meant coming to judgment, making a decision, not being judgmental. Uh, Although some characteristics of ours uh, can come pretty close to that. So on the judging side, um, these are people who pride themselves on being very organized, very settled, very planful. They even plan for things way off into the future. So if they're going to take a, oh, maybe um, they want to go to a specific uh, uh, Christmas show, they might actually start thinking about calling now to um, uh, get a ticket reserved and inviting everybody that they know to do the same so that they can all get tickets together. Uh, They easily and quickly make decisions that sort of give you, give me, oh, I give up, I'm on the judging side. So so we make uh, decisions quickly. It's sort of like, give me three possibilities and I'll narrow it down to one. And not only do I need to make decisions quickly or or that I want to, but I need to because it feels like all the balls are in the air and, and feel very uncomfortable. It's difficult for me to move on and do anything else when I haven't made a decision yet on um, something that's in my way. Um, We can feel um, 
that we can create a great life through controlled planning. So basically, if I keep ahead of everything and I know what's going on and I'm, I've got lists everywhere, um, people on the judging side love to have lists. We make long lists and then at the end of the day, we add to the list if there was something that we did that we didn't have on there before. And then we check off each thing as we go through the day uh, because it feels so good to check it off. Um, we set a lot of goals and we follow up pretty systematically. We easily create order from chaos. These are the people that have the companies that come into your house and put all the organization stuff in your closets. That's uh, people who can do that. Um, We plan for deadlines by starting immediately and then we try to finish as quickly as possible. Um, Especially if say my boss gave me a deadline that's for two months from now. By the time she's got the uh, explaining the what the project is out of her mouth, I'm already deciding, okay, I'm going to need to have lists for this, and I'm going to need to have this done by such and such a time, and I'm going to have to find people who know about so-and-so. And so I'm already making lists in my mind about what I need to do to finish that um Uh, that deadline in about two months. I especially have to finish early enough to be able to check over my work before I turn it in to feel like it really is correct and that everything is okay. Um, I need, um, uh, I guess I already talked about the to-do list. I prefer to complete work. So I like to take a project, do that, and then finish it to set it aside. And then I can feel like I can go and play uh, comfortably. What happens to many of us who have a, a judging personality is that the work is never done. And so it's really hard for us to let go and go and play. Um, not only do we like to complete the job so that we can play, we also like to complete the job before starting another job. So if we get interrupted while doing one job, it feels very uncomfortable to us. Like we have to um, uh, go back and start all over again when we come back to the original job. Uh, on the perceiving side, quite different personality, much more laid back. They pride themselves on being very pending, flexible, spontaneous. Um, they uh, remain tentative on, on plans uh, that they think are too far off in the future. Oftentimes, they don't like to make a decision on, say, what they're going to do for a day until the day comes. Because how could they possibly know what of all the wonderful options available to to them that they would want to do on that day. They like to let life happen. Um, Somehow everything will turn out fine and it usually does for them. They're undaunted by surprise or change and they're often the instigator in trying to get things to change. They love change all the time. They're also pretty comfortable with chaos and they can let um, the ball stay in the air for a long period of time and that, that feels good to them. They work around inspiration and they get energy around the deadline only as it builds close enough to seem to other people that it's not possible to get it done. They like adding more alternatives before deciding, oh, you know, maybe there's more options I haven't thought of. Um, they they sometimes, or I should say they do have to-do lists or um things that they write down that are important to get done. But it's more like a menu of, of some of the things that they could choose to do on any one day, depending on how close the deadline is. 
um, their favorite word is options, and uh, they tend to hold their decisions to the last minute. So if I'm trying to plan that Christmas party or that Christmas show with them, I'm going to be really disappointed because they're not going to buy their ticket till the day of. So that gives you an idea on the four scales, and hopefully you were able to uh, get some idea of where you could see yourself on those. And then wherever most of your checks were, that then becomes the, the letter of, uh, of your type, your personality type. And so mine is E for extrovert, N for intuitive, um, uh, F for feeling, and J for judging. So I'm an ENFJ. And um, it turns out there's very few of, of me in the world. So I often feel like I'm kind of alone. Um, I do like to do creative things. And so when I'm around people who are doing creative things, I'm feeling much more at home. Um, in general, once somebody knows what their type is and the other people that say they're working with know theirs, you can sit down and figure out, okay, what do we all have in common here? And um, how do we work together as a team? So if you're in a team and you can see how many people in your team have a certain type, we, we've heard the saying that people come and go in our life or, we, or even in a work group where people leave, people are hired and come in. And the different personalities impact the whole personality of that team. And so it's very important that we not be rigid when someone new comes in and says, well, we'll tell you what we do and you better do the same thing. We need to kind of find out what does this person add to our team that we didn't have before. And um, it's very important that we um, are able to do that openly. Uh, It makes uh, our teams more interesting and it, it gets us changing and moving Um, as we go through the years. Uh, One of the things that, let's see what I was going to go to here. Um, Knowing about these things about ourselves can really help us to, like I said, learn to appreciate ourselves. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where somebody has um, asked you to write down everything you like about yourself. Was that hard for you? A lot of people find it can take forever and they just don't even want to do it. Um, But if you ask them to write down what you don't like about yourself, usually people are pretty aware of what they don't like and they can write for pages. Um, I think it's because we tend not to realize that those things that we do well are specific to us, that other people may not do them as easily. We kind of put them down as being, oh, well, you know, anybody could do that. But in fact, somebody else may be looking at us and admiring us for for what we are able to do while we're admiring them for something else they can do. So um, uh, it it just seems like um, we can get to know uh, more about ourselves if we can start to do some of these assessments and start to appreciate, oh, that is a good thing that I do and it is important. I'm adding to the group of people that I'm with just because of what I'm able to do. And when we start to feel comfortable being appreciative to ourselves, it's much easier to feel appreciative um, with somebody else. So, um, yeah, so that's just really how we become maybe um, better people. So what if our jobs, uh, in our jobs, we looked at our coworkers for what they could do well and could see a puzzle of how each person could contribute to our department and make that unit run smoothly, more effectively, confidently. 
what if we felt like um, our team was all on the same side, using our differences to see the best way to deal with obstacles by really listening to each person's point of view, and by doing that, maybe coming up with the best decisions, because we could look at uh, so many different ways um, of, of dealing with that. So... Um, it just, uh, it's sort of like if you're sitting on a bench and you've got a, a team of people that are all sitting on the same bench and they're looking out at a problem, say, if we're looking at baseball and we're looking out at center field and saying, oh, that problem's out there, then each of us on the bench is giving our best idea of what we need to do to solve that problem. And so uh, when we do that, then we can feel confident of being able to use our own best self. So... Um, I know the answer to these questions I've just been asking you because I had the fortune to work with teams that exemplified all of those aspects. We were able to each shine in our own unique way. We could cheer each other on. It was okay to admit weakness or fear because no one would use it against us. Our patients and clients not only noticed this in us, but they wrote letters to the administration excited to tell how wonderful their care and um, the way we had treated them had been. So what's more is that it wasn't just one or two units in our organization, but ultimately it was the whole organization of up to 7,600 employees. And it all started from each one of us learning about ourselves and to learning to appreciate who we are and who um, all the people around us were. We called it a virus, and it was one that everyone wanted to catch. It's uh, not easy to uh, have this kind of impact on a whole organization, but it is possible, and it is important uh, to try. And the cool thing is, guess what? You can be the person who starts it. And to make uh, that effort, sometimes we think, why would we want to do that? But believe me, it is so well worth the effort and you will be very proud of yourself and the people around you as they see you and emulate you. We've come to the end of our session today and it came all too soon. Um, so we will talk more about this as we go further into the future. Um, I think it is helpful and I'm looking forward to hearing from you on uh, email, uh, perhaps uh contacting me next time or whatever that we could find out about what you think about what we've just been talking about. So I do want to thank you for being here and um, want to let you know that our next program will be um, three nursing educators who will be discussing the past, present, and future of nursing. Uh, their names are Kate Anderson from Normandale Community College, Lynn Johnson from Ridgeview College, and Faye Upman from Metropolitan State University. And I'm really looking forward to that discussion. So we will um, be together next Monday again at noon Central Daylight Time. And thank you again for being with us. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.
again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.